welcome to our women's meeting. There are a group of women here and some men that are endeavoring to walk in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, not just in the word of God, but in the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God, we will find out in a little bit that the kingdom of God is with power. All right, let's open with prayer. My heavenly father, my heavenly father, I just praise you. You're the one that put Jesus on the cross for us. I just praise you and thank you. Father, open our ears that we can hear. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our heart like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And Father, I ask, I ask in the name of Jesus that a spirit of grace be on this meeting. Your spirit of grace be on this meeting. Thank you, Father. Your spirit of grace be on this meeting. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to begin by saying that what we're going to do today is what I believe the Spirit of the Lord led me to do, and that is I'm going to do this program, and there may be more than one to get this done, but how to believe. You know, I, I have always been one of those, and I've shared that wanted to know how things work. It was always asking why or how. In fact, that I remember at one time, my parents were so tired of me asking, where did this come from? How did this work? That they bought me. Uh, back then, it was the world book, Child, Childcraft. And all it was was uh, volume after volume after volume of how things work and how things, how things came into being and all that. They figured, you know, get busy, child. And I did. I read every book. I read every one of those books. Now, when I started walking with God, you know, they told me that that you were going to have to just do things that you didn't know, understand, or you didn't know why. And you know what? The word of God doesn't say that. The word of God doesn't say that. Paul said the mysteries. The mysteries were given to him and they're given to us through Paul's writings. So today we're going to look at how to believe. You know, you could, uh, I'll start with a, a story. A testimony, simple one. Back when I was in junior high school, the um, my father took me to the store and he bought me a pair of ice skates, beautiful ice skates. In fact, some of you that are watching or from that air, from the area I grew up in, they were at Miracle Mart, and we went to Miracle Mart and they tried. We tried on several skates, and he bought me a pair of ice skates. Now, when I grew up in Ohio, we we skated on ponds and lakes. There weren't any, um, what do you call them, ice skating rinks, indoor ice skating rinks back then. Uh, they built one when I was about that age, but he bought me a pair of ice skates. Oh, they were so pretty. They were all white. They were all laced. I spent, you know, lacing them up. And then I put my name on the inside of them because sometimes you'd go to somebody's house and there'd be more than one person there that would have ice skates. I was so pleased with my ice skates. Oh, you know, take a look at my ice skates. But you know what? I couldn't skate. I, I couldn't skate. Oh, I had the ice skates. I knew they were my ice skates, but I couldn't skate. I had to learn how to skate. You know, there are a lot of us 
that have a revelation of the gospel. We understand what it is. We understand where it came from and what it was to bring it about, but we can't walk in it. Oh, we have the revelation, but we don't have the ability. Well, God led me over years and years, taught me not only the gospel, but then after I had the revelation, some revelation, not a lot, but some, he started to me to walk in it. He showed me how to believe. And at first it was trial and error, but I tell you what, it's also something God gave me, a simple heart. And I've had more than one say, you make it so simple, but we're going to make it simple today. Because what is it to have the, to have the, uh, the knowledge, the revelation, but not know how to walk in it? Then it's not worth a whole lot. So we're going to look at that today. The first place I want us to go to is a scripture that I heard over and over and over again. Thank you very much. But, um, let me go there. Let's see. Where is it? Oh, we got to open it up. Hang on just a moment. Forgive me. We are not where we are supposed to be. We got to find me and then we can go to it. I thought this was already up. Forgive me. Okay. We are going to go to Mark chapter one. Verse 14. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent you and believe the gospel. Now, this is an interesting scripture. It says, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's at hand. But, and then it says, repent you and believe the gospel. Now, I want us to look at the kingdom of God quickly. If we will go to 1 Corinthians 4. 1 Corinthians 4, these are simple things, but I want them in our hearts. 1 Corinthians 4, many of you know this, verse 19. This is Paul speaking. He said, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord will and will know. Look at this. And will know. Paul's going to know. Not the speech of them that are puffed up, but the power. Whoa. Not the speech of them that are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. The kingdom of God is not in word, it's in power. That pretty much gets rid of a whole lot of people that are standing behind a pulpit. The kingdom of God is not in word, it is in power. It is an ability. Jesus said to the disciples, the apostles, he said, don't you leave Jerusalem. And this is after he was raised from the dead. He said, don't you leave Jerusalem until you are endued with the Holy Ghost and power. <coughs> Forgive me. The Holy Ghost and power. That's what we want. We want to walk in the kingdom. We want to walk in the power. 
but I want you to look at that verse again. We don't want just words. We want power. Uh, then I want us to go back to Mark. Mark says the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand right here. But look, he changes. Repent you to get the power, to get the kingdom, to walk in that power. He said, repent you, change your mind. That doesn't mean to put away the cigarettes and put away the swear words. That comes later. Repent you. Change your will. Change what you're thinking and believe the gospel. And believe the gospel. You want the kingdom. You want the power. You don't go after the kingdom. You don't go after the power. What does Jesus say? You believe the gospel. You believe the gospel. When we believe the gospel, that is what brings the kingdom. But I want you to take a look at the word, believe. I believe it'll come up with here. Yes, believe. If you scroll, I'm going to scroll down. This is what the word believe means, is used for. It means to commit. It means to believe. 239 times it means to believe. Then it means to commit unto to commit to trust, to be committed to, to put in trust. Do you see that? The word believe, I tell you what, it was a big change in my life. When I went from what I thought the word believe meant to what the word commit means, I committed myself to the gospel. I not only thought about it, I not only looked at it, but I committed myself to the gospel, committed myself. There was a big change. I have shared this testimony before, but I had a infection in my mouth that would come and go at its pleasure. It would be there for a couple of weeks and then it would disappear. I would think that I'd overcome it and it would come back. And I would have to deal with it again. This happened over and over for, I don't know, probably over a year. And one day I read in Galatians where Paul says that Jesus was put on the tree, that he became a curse for us, that he became the curse of the law. And when I saw those words, I knew that the infection in my mouth had to do with the curse. So instead of, you know, I would say, I believe this, this time I changed. I said, I commit to these words. I commit to them. I commit that Jesus that was put on the tree to become a curse for me. I commit to those words. It didn't take very many days that that infection disappeared and it has never come back. Why? I'm committed to those words. And that word commit, believe. Believe. Now, what I'm going to go back to Mark. Mark, where it says, and verse 15, and saying, Jesus is saying this, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent you and believe. Commit to the gospel. Now, what is the gospel? There are many of us that know 
But there, you know what, every week there are new people that come online, more and more that uh, are watching the video and they don't know what the gospel is. You know what, I didn't either. When I came to Water of Life over 30 years ago, I think it's almost, I think it's 35 now, when I came to Water of Life, I didn't know what the gospel was. I was born again. I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. I spoke in tongues when I came here. 34 years ago, I spoke in tongues, but I did not know what the gospel was. I had no clue. And I didn't know that to, to get that power to work, to walk in that kingdom, that's what Jesus said to do was to believe the gospel. Well, how are you gonna believe the gospel if you don't know what the gospel is? And you know what? Jesus is so simple. He is so powerful and so deep, but so simple. Let's go look at the actual, and I say bona fide definition of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15. You say, oh, I know this. I've seen it over and over and over again. Are you walking in it? Are you walking in it? Is it, is it manifesting in your life every day? Now, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1, moreover, brethren, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the Corinthians. They were Gentiles. The Corinthians were all Gentiles. This is not Jews he's speaking to. He's speaking to Gentiles. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, amen, which I preached unto you. See what he did? He preached the gospel to these Gentiles, which you also have received. So they've received it, wherein you stand. We stand in the gospel. Another great word, commit, believe, stand in that gospel by which also you are saved. Did you know that the gospel saves? And that word means more than just being born again. If you keep in memory, there is so much information here, so much truth in these two verses. If, if you keep in memory. You'll be saved if you keep it in memory. What I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. If you are one of those that are brought up once saved, always saved, this verse just negates that whole thing. It wipes it out. You can lose your salvation. It says it right here, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. You can believe in vain. Oh, you say, oh, I believed in vain. That's fine. Get up, brush yourself off and believe again. Repent, change your will again and believe the gospel. Now, verse three, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. There is part of it. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I have received. This is what Paul received first. How? That Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. But he's not done. And that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. There. There is the definition the bona fide definition of the gospel, that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures, 
according to all that almost every book in the Old Testament talks about how Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. When God opens your eyes up to that, you will see it everywhere in the Bible. Oh, he was, he was crucified since the foundation of the world. So now we know. We know what the gospel is. We know that Jesus died according for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Now we know that. But you know what? Now we got to walk in it. Now that we know our sins were put on the body of Jesus. Now that we know and we see that all our sins were put on him. Now that we know that we see that Jesus died, he was a man of pain, sickness. We can go to Isaiah 53 and go over all those things. We know that. Oh, we rejoice when God reveals it to us. But you know what? Now we got to walk in it. What good is revelation? What good is revelation if you can't walk in it? If you can't walk in it. Now, I want you to go to uh, 2 Corinthians. And we're going to go to verse, uh, chapter 1. And we're going to go to verse 19. You know, some of us need to take this and stick it up on a wall or on a refrigerator. It says, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, Paul speaking, for the Son of God, who is Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by us. And that's what Paul did. We just found that out. Even by me and Sylvanus and Timotheus, look at this. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, was not yea and nay. Who was preached among you by us? Who? Who was preached? Jesus Christ was not yea and nay. Jesus Christ was not nay, yay and nay. I'm an English teacher. I'm just taking out all the phrases. Jesus Christ was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. Now look at this next verse. Look at this next verse. For all, all, you get that word all? All the promises of God in him, in Jesus, are yea. And in him, amen, under the glory of God by us. Do you see with your eyes that verse? For all the promises of God in him, in Jesus, are yes, are yes, and amen. Why? Under the glory of God. Under the glory of God by us. Don't ever forget that. All the promises of God are yes and amen. And you say, why would you want to emphasize that? Why would we want to put it on your refrigerator? Because you're going to need it. You're going to need it. I remember those ice skates. I remember I was invited by someone. It was kind of a, you know, a date kind of thing. And they had just built the ice rink in Kent. It was built at the university, the University of Kent State, and, and they had visitor hours, and they invited me to take me to go ice skating. I was new. 
I wasn't that good at ice skating, but you know, it was a date and we were going to go to the ice skating rink. I was looking more forward to the hamburger afterwards, but we went to the ice skating rink and I put on my pretty ice skates and I had been ice skating some. I, I, could, I could keep myself upright. So we go out onto this ice skating rink. Now I'm just learning, you know, I'm just learning. I've got past the initial stage. We can keep upright. I'm trying, but this person I'm with skates a whole lot better than I do. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Now that ice skating rink that was brand new, Kent State University had a problem that night. And it was, you could ice skate, all the ice was there, but it was underneath a half inch of water. And you know what? That evening, by the time I left, you know, it, I was wet. I was wet. Why? Because every time you fell, splash, you had a half inch of water. Oh, I was wet. But by the end of the evening, I was okay. I was even skating a little bit backwards. I was so pleased with myself that I didn't make a total fool of myself, even though I was soaking wet when we left. And you know what? There was a whole lot of people watching. They had bleachers there and stuff because they used it also for games, uh, hockey games. There was a whole bunch of people watching and all of them were dry. All of them were dry, but you know what? This one was skating. This one was skating. Put that scripture on your refrigerator or somewhere you can see it. Because when you start committing yourself to the gospel, you're gonna need that verse. All the promises of God are yes, yes. It is not God. It will never be God that keeps you from a promise. Because if it was, then this verse is not true. And the scripture, John 10, 35 says, Jesus says the scripture cannot be broken. Cannot be broken. There is no scripture that can be broken. So it is written, all the promises of God are yes. Yes and amen. They are all yours. It'll never be God that holds them back from you. You got that? Don't forget it. Because when we start believing, oh, when we make that initial decision to start to trust God, to believe that gospel, to commit to it, all hell's gonna break loose. Oh, it is. That's a promise. It's in the Bible. But you know what? We win. We win if we stay with it, if we keep believing, if we fall down, stand up, brush ourselves off and repent and believe the gospel again. Oh, you may fall a thousand times, but then one day you get up, you get up. I fell over and over, I still fall. And I get back up and I say to myself, I repent and I get back to committing myself to the gospel. Now, that gospel, that gospel, we say, and we know that the gospel is that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again the third day. That is the gospel. But the things in the gospel that we need to trust God for, to believe in, let's go ahead, I didn't have this planned, but let's go ahead quickly and go to Isaiah 53, because I wanna show you the things that we are believing in. 
These are the things, the promises that are given to us. They were bought for us on this cross. And this is the prophet Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus even came to earth to become a man. This is Isaiah. This is Jesus, the spirit of Jesus in Isaiah, speaking out through Isaiah's mouth. Oh, these beautiful scriptures. It says, who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? This is Old Testament, folks. This is Old Testament, 700 years before Jesus even showed up. And who's he speaking to? Anybody that'll listen. To the Jew first, but also to the Gentile. It says, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Simple, to the one that believes the report. It says, for he, he, we're dealing with a he here. Isaiah has the spirit of Jesus speaking out of his heart, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Go back up to Isaiah 53, verse 13, and you will see that he, this servant of God, is marred more than any man. Thank you, Jesus. Marred more than any man. Why? For you and me. Now, verse 3, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief, a man of sorrows, that word is pains. Jesus was a man of pain. Do you see that? A man of pain, of sorrows. Jesus was a man, he became a man of pain. Do you have pain? He took it for you. The Father took it from you and laid it on Jesus. You say, but I still have it. That's what believing's for. That's what having faith for. That's why we commit to this gospel. We commit our heart and our souls and our spirit to this gospel. If we have pain, Jesus became a man of pain. God put all pain on Jesus. And when we commit to that, when it gets in our hearts, the pain has to go. It has to go. It has to go. That's what faith does. And acquainted with sickness. So now we know we can believe, we can trust God, we can commit to Jesus took our pain and he took our sickness. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely. Surely, Jesus speaking out of Isaiah's heart, surely he, he, the one on the cross, has borne our sicknesses. That word, look it up, sickness. Borne our sicknesses and carried our pains, surely. Oh, 700 years before Jesus even came here, he's speaking out of Isaiah's mouth what's coming. What is coming? Can you imagine how much Isaiah was thrilled to speak these words? He has borne our griefs and carried our pain. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded. He was wounded for our transgressions, our sins. Jesus was bruised for our iniquities. 
Jesus speaking out of Isaiah's mouth. This is what I came for. This is why I left heaven to do this. To do this. This is the spirit of Jesus speaking out of Isaiah saying, this is why I came or coming. Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. We did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, the punishment, the correction for our peace, our welfare, our safety, our security, our prosperity was upon him. Him. The one that's speaking out of Isaiah's mouth. This is Jesus speaking. This is why I'm coming. Do you see that? This is why I am coming. The chastisement, the punishment of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. Jesus speaking out of Isaiah's mouth. All we like sheep, all we like sheep have gone astray. That word all doesn't leave any one of us out. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one, everyone to his own way. And the Lord, that is Jehovah, and the Lord, Jehovah, has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. God laid it on him. Don't forget. God's the one that laid it on him. God is the one that sent Jesus. The Father's the one that sent Jesus. The Father's the one that put all sickness on Jesus. The Father through, the, through that eternal spirit is the one that put poverty on Jesus. The Father through that eternal spirit is the one that put all pain, all pain on Jesus. It was the Father that did it says that in Acts 2, it was the Father, the predetermined plan of the Father to do it. Why? Out of love. When you are fighting to believe this, when you are trying to overcome your own unbelieving, stubborn, wicked heart, don't forget that all the promises are yes. And the Father sent Jesus out of love for you. It is not the Father that is refusing. It is not the Father that is holding you back. It is not the Father that you are struggling and fighting with. It is not the Father that's resisting you. That would be against the Word of God. For God so loved the world, He sent Jesus. It is not the Father resisting you. Thank you, Jesus. Unless you're in pride. He resists the prideful. But you can get yourself humble real quick. You can get yourself humble real quick. Now, 
We have cleared the slate. We are set up to trust in God. We know what the gospel is. We know, we know what the gospel is. We are, are determined to commit to it because we don't want just the revelation. We want to walk in the power. Now we're going to go to another set, the last set of verses, and that is in Romans 4. Familiar verses, but necessary, necessary, because we find out how the father of faith did it. All right, we're going to go to Romans 4, verse 16. This is the Apostle Paul speaking, that book of Romans we talked about this morning. But in this right here is talking about Abraham. And all those who are of faith have Abraham as their father. Verse 16, therefore it is of faith. It's of faith. What? Everything you need. Forgiveness, justification, sanctification. It is all of faith that it might be by grace. Don't forget. Don't forget. It's all by grace. You didn't ask for it. You don't deserve it. And sometimes you don't even want it. But Jesus did it anyway. Jesus did it anyway. He spoke out of Isaiah's mouth 700 years before he came anyway. You know what? He is greater than our stubborn hearts. He is greater than our wicked sin. He is greater than our stone, stony hearts. That's what grace does. It is greater. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And as Doyle has been saying, grace, grace is sufficient. Grace is always sufficient. You run into the brick wall, grace is sufficient. Talk to the wall. Speak it, grace. Amen? That it might be by grace, to the end of promise, might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but that also which is the faith of Abraham which is the father of us all. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him, Abraham, whom he believed, even God, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. And look at what Abraham did. Verse 18, this is how we commit. This is how we believe. This is how we trust in the gospel. Abraham shows us how. He said, who against hope, against hope, believed in hope, trusted in hope, committed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken to him, so shall thy seed be. Now notice, notice there are two entities here. One. God had a word to Abraham. He spoke to Abraham some words. So shall thy seed be. And you know what? You will find out later. That's the gospel. God spoke to Abraham the gospel. So Abraham has words that the father spoke to him. So shall thy seed be. And now Abraham, now that we know that, let's go back. And look at this. It says, who against hope believed in hope, against hope, believed in hope. In other words, committed 
didn't look at what was around him, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And verse 19, and being not weak in faith, being not weak in faith, if you are, in, if you ever had an English class, being not weak in faith, you can say another way. This is strength in faith. Being not weak, but strong. Strong in faith. How was Abraham strong in faith? Next phrase. He considered not. He considered not his body now dead. When he was about a 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He considered not. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Notice, he considered not. Being strong in faith, he considered not his own body. And he considered not Sarah's. The only thing he considered was what God spoke. That's how we believe. There is no 10 steps to believe in God. There is no three steps. There is only one step. We consider not. We consider not. We only consider what God has spoken. And you know what God spoke? God spoke, surely, surely, he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Surely, our, all our transgressions were put on him. Surely, by his stripes, we are healed. Surely, the correction, the punishment, the chastisement of our peace was on Jesus. Those words, those words are the words of God spoken through Isaiah by the spirit of Jesus, that's, that's what you consider. That's what you consider. That's what you trust in. That's what you commit to. What God promised. And you don't consider anything else. Oh, when you are considering for healing, there are times that you know that your faith isn't there yet and you have to go see a doctor. That is okay with God. You know, in Romans, it says there is an acceptable, good, and perfect will of God. That acceptable will of God, that, that's where the doctor's at. And you know what? When you go to the doctor, because you know you don't have faith to get what you need, because faith is a is a process it's faith to faith you're not going to begin walking in faith committing yourself to that gospel and dealing with cancer no you're going to start with a common cold and those things aren't easy and then you're going to move up to the next level maybe you can handle the flu and maybe you can handle a toothache you're going to move up faith to faith. You commit, you look, and you know what the wonderful thing is? You're not in this alone. Jesus leads you. Jesus leads you. But when you commit and you don't look at anything else, 
you consider not. You only consider what Jesus bought for you on the cross. Then you will find your faith latches on. That commitment and what you are believing, what you are trusting, what you are committing to comes to pass. It comes to pass. Why? Faith works. The faith works and it is manifest. Amen. Amen. Oh, if you don't get it the first time, you do it again and again. And I believe probably we will do this again next week because these are the simple, these is, this is the simple milk. This is how we walk. We don't consider anything else but what Jesus bought for us on the cross. And it is faith to faith. You know, I didn't believe for thousands of dollars when I started this. I only believed, you know, I'll tell you what I really started believing. I started believing for pennies, cents, dollars, just one or two dollars. When I was working at the Albertson stores, I had to clean. I was working third shift. And I would trust God that there'd be enough change underneath those registers that I had to clean every night. There'd be enough change that I could buy myself lunch. Because you know what? We didn't have any money back then. And you know what? There was always change. And then I moved a little higher. And I went a little higher. And I trusted a little more. And now, thank God, thank God, those numbers have very much increased. Why? I committed to. Wouldn't look at anything else. I committed to what Jesus did for me on the cross. He made me prosperous. Amen? Amen. Now, I believe the Lord would like us to pray together because we have some sisters and brothers that need some help. If you need prayed for, if you will raise your hand and let's begin to pray, my Heavenly Father. I thank you. I thank you. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father. I thank you. I get thanks, Father. I thank you. You sent Jesus so we'd be healed. You sent Jesus so we'd be rich. You sent Jesus. You sent Jesus so there'd be no pain. You sent Jesus so there'd be no heartache. You said heaven on earth, and that's what the gospel does. Father, I thank you. I thank you now. Father, I thank you for these women with their hands up. Father, I thank you for them. I thank you for them. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father, right now. I thank you for the power that you used to raise Jesus from the dead. Father, I thank you for that power right now in their bodies. Father, I thank you. I thank you. It is not we that do it. Ladies, join me with your faith. It is not we that do it. It is your spirit in us. It is Jesus in us. It is the Spirit of God in us. Father, I thank you for this power. I thank you. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father, I thank you. Father, I 
thank you. I thank you for your power right now going into their bodies. Father, I thank you. 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 I thank you. I thank you. Father, I thank you. I come against this spirit of torment now in the name of Jesus. There is blood shed for her. Father, I thank you for this spirit of torment now. Father, I come against it in the name of Jesus. Father, loose her. Loose her from this spirit of torment. Father, loose her in the name of Jesus. Loose her from this torment. Loose her in the name of Jesus. Loose her in the name of Jesus. Loose her in the name of Jesus. Loose her. Loose her. Loose her in the name of Jesus. This torment. Loose her in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You shed your blood for her, Jesus. I loose her in Jesus' name. I loose her. I loose her. I loose this tormenting spirit from her in the name of Jesus. I loose her. I loose her. I loose her in this torment in Jesus' name. I loose her. I loose her in the name of Jesus. 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 Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for the authority in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. Father, I thank you. I praise you. I worship you. I thank you, Father. I thank you. I thank you. And Father, I pray for those in pain. Father, I pray for those in pain that is not your will. You put all pain on Jesus. You put all pain on Jesus. Out of your love for us, you put all pain on Jesus. I loose these women from pain in the name of Jesus. Jesus, you said, ask in my name and I will do that the Father will be glorified in the Son. Jesus, loose these women from this pain. Loose them from this pain in Jesus' name. Loose them from this pain in Jesus' name that the Father be glorified. Loose them from this pain. Loose them 
from this pain in Jesus name loose them from this pain in Jesus name loose them from this pain in Jesus name father I loose them loose them from this pain father you don't want anybody in pain you put all pain on Jesus Thank you, Father. You loose them from this pain in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Loose them from this pain. Thank you. Father, thank you. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father. I thank you. You sent them out of love. Love for these women. Love for us. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you're for us and not against us. And thank you every one of your promises are yes. Yes. Thank you, Father, for this meeting. I thank you and I praise you. I thank you in Jesus' name. Let me know what's going on. Thank you. And I'll see you next week. Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, post office box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.